Hello and welcome to Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health. I'm Elizabeth Cullen. And I'm Georgia Fong. And we are traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists. We are your hosts, providing an educational platform for practical ways to integrate Eastern medicine into your Western lifestyle. Throughout this podcast series, we will be discussing the benefits of getting to know our bodies in a practical sense and how to be an advocate for your own health. guests who have been we have been working alongside with supporting patients with shared care for a long time. Stephanie Hipwell is a personal trainer at New Life Health Club Caring Bar and founder of Body Bloom Fitness, a female group training program located in Cronulla. Stephanie has been working in the industry for nine years working with women of all ages, assisting them to better health by creating a balanced lifestyle that is achievable and effective. Stephanie has a greater understanding of the physiological differences between male and females and how you can work with these differences to better your performance and mental state. She is passionate about helping women train alongside their menstrual cycles. Thank you for being here today, Steph. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me, girls. Very excited. So we'd like to start the conversation with a few little get-to-know-you questions. So here we go. (laughs) What are you reading? What are you listening to? And how are you moving your body? Um, Well, I've been reading a book by Dr. Stacey Sims called Raw, which I'm loving. Um, I listened to a podcast this morning by Tara Brack. Um, And I've been, yeah, and I've been doing a lot of Pilates in terms of my style of movement at the moment. Great. Yeah. So you've just become a Pilates teacher. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. I'm loving that. That's really, yeah, it's been really good. Has it changed the way that you've seen training? Yeah, definitely. And just implementing new movements into my workout programming. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. Amazing. (laughs) All right. So let's get started. When was it in your career that you began to be passionate about training women's deaf? And then when did you decide to enter into further studies? Um, I guess I'd first, at first, I've always been passionate about training women and I've been working with women for the last nine years, like you mentioned. Um, I guess when I first became, became passionate about this, um, the differences between male and female, um, in terms of training would be back in the day, do you remember the big stigma around men in the weight section, girls in the cardio yeah. yes so intimidating like yeah. legally blonde and remember with the treadmill and she just ran on the treadmill for an hour and stuff. yeah it was it was yeah. and it's changed a lot in the past 10 years yeah, which is great yeah. but um that's definitely what got me thinking is there a difference should we be training like a man or should we be training in this way where we're just on the cardio machines the whole time yeah and the more you dive into the research you notice that there's not a huge amount of research done Um, on women-specific training. Um, And so this is where it got me thinking, is there a difference? So all of us, I think we've all noticed from when we were, what, 18 or 17 when we first started at the gym and how much that's changed over 10 years. So, Steph, when you said you were thinking, should I train like a girl? And I guess when you started Body Bloom and and when that all began and how that started growing, what did you think? Were you thinking with weightlifting that, 
that may be something that plays a role in women's health? Yeah, definitely. When you look into the differences between male and female, it's quite clear that women need to strength train. At about 30, we start to lose muscle density. Our strength begins to decline and then takes an even bigger nosedive when we hit menopause. Yeah. If we don't strength train, our bones become brittle. So for women to implement strength training into their um, regular routine is really beneficial. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I guess you've seen that movement from where strength training used to be seen as bulking up. Yeah, and so many women were so scared to strength train because, yeah. and I know myself personally, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get huge. But in reality, <laughs> it never happens like that. Yeah, and it's a lot harder for women to make and maintain muscle. Definitely, and you feel so much better in yourself once you're stronger and also your performance with running and high intensity training is so much better once you're stronger yes <laughs> i always thought that was such a surprise once that was done yeah 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 100 yeah, yeah definitely so with um with what you're saying about the athletes and i guess stacy sims was talking about that as well i know with that research that it usually isn't done on females who are menstruating because it's too hard to collect that data. Yeah, why is that? So it's just, they just simply think it's just too hard to collect that? Well, when you think about it, if you have a number of women, you really need to have them all ovulating yeah. at the same time. This is like where we said we should have people train, like classes that is in their follicular phase and luteal phase. How good would that be? So why smart, is this not yeah. a thing? I know, it would be, <laughs> be amazing because if you started a class where, okay, the 8 a.m. class is for the follicular phase, um, for women who are around ovulation yeah. and then with the um, lateral phase or who are coming up into their Yeah, period. do like a slow strength session. And that, and how Amazing. Would that, be? that would be such a change, but yeah. I think that's why a lot of the data hasn't been done. Yeah, I think it becomes too hard. It's too hard. Yeah. And, and what about for women who do have menstrual irregularities like amenorrhea, PCOS, yeah. endometriosis? It becomes too complex with the fluctuations of the hormones. Yeah, how are you supposed to collect that data? You can't. No, you really can't. So that's why... So I then think... the research isn't adequate. No, it's yeah. not. And, and then it's, you're going to get such better or more accurate data and research from males mm -hmm. because if they've got this continued stable level of testosterone or for a postmenopausal woman you're yep. always going to see a better research outcome really yeah yep. that's yeah. true so yeah <laughs> very yeah. interesting to yeah. think about mm. so Steph when did you begin to notice that women's training was affected by their cycle um I guess I definitely noticed this in myself first and then I saw common patterns recurring in my clients um, I think it's really, it was, this was more mentally, I noticed these changes in myself more so than physically. Like sometimes you just don't feel like smashing out that hit session or sometimes you're just super hungry and that's okay. So I think it's really important to surrender to that feeling and yeah. just work with your flow. Your body is sending you messages every single day. So if you listen, it's giving you the right guidance you need yeah. to really track that cycle. And it sometimes can be quite confusing as well when you're younger and if you haven't started to learn about your cycle from a place of what your limits are at each section or each phase, that you do get a bit confused why you could do a PB last week but then you've got no fuel in the tank this week to yeah. do even 60% of what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, and I, before I started tracking my cycle, that would constantly happen. I'd follow a progressive program yeah. week in, week out, which is meant to be progressing and then I'd get to that luteal phase and I would just not be able to perform like I wished I could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, yeah, that's... Great point. And also women that are on the oral contraceptive pill, they wouldn't experience these ebbs and flows. 
No, mm. good point. Yeah. Really mm. good point. And I guess that's what is a big motivator for athletes is to be on the oral contraceptive pill because then they can have that motivation of they're not going to have those ups and downs for their performance outcome. But yeah. they can utilise that. So. Oh, of course yeah. they can. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Definitely. And then where you were saying with the training, say, for example, with what Stacey says mm. or with how the US soccer team is now. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. They've now started to, to train with the cycle. Yeah. Because I guess culturally in sport that was seen as the use the pill as a strength where it's like no use your own menstrual cycle. yeah you have a rhythm use this rhythm yeah you have this infradian cycle that is this biological phase that you know it is roughly about a month so you can use that and get to know that cycle that you have as a female i guess we're more similar or more familiar with that circadian cycle that is roughly 24 hours but we as females we do have this menstrual cycle which we can say see as a biological cycle that does ebb and flow and you do have those strengths in there if you can become familiar with them. So say coming up to your follicular phase and ovulation, mm. you're coming up the roller coaster and you really begin to feel your best. Yeah. So Steph, is this when you'd see people hit their PBs? And... For sure, yeah. 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 Towards that follicular phase is where you really want to go for it and have yeah. that extra. Yeah. And then coming into the luteal phase, it's when women should begin to slow down or do more strength training. Yeah, I'll be interested in in um, clinic what you girls see in terms of like mastering and the changes that um, the hormones have on injury and. Yeah, uh, well, I guess it's it's knowing your knowing your limits and knowing where you're at in the cycle because. I guess when we're saying with athletes and, you know, with ACL or... So, yeah, whether you participate in or tag or touch and whether you're getting those type of injuries is is being aware where you are in your menstrual cycle and, and when you can push yourself or not. Mm-hmm. As we are talking about research before, the data is slightly conflicting, but some of the research does say that women are more prone to ACL injuries and usually around ovulation as well. I guess it's us becoming more familiar with that rhythm of our cycle and knowing the seasons of the cycle as well. So yeah, where you talk about PVs, Steph, mm. is where we would talk about summer. Yes, and feeling your best, wanting to be more extroverted, yeah. increasing energy. Yeah, scheduling meetings or presentations. Yes, those kinds of things as well. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be awesome if this was now the norm. So this was like a common topic between trainers and coaches that they were asking their um, clients about their menstrual cycle and really using those changes to program for performance. Definitely. And I guess with you, Steph, personally, how I've experienced your training, it's so appreciate. I appreciate it so much for you checking in. Okay, so where are you at with your cycle? Mm. So you know when you can gently push a client rather mm, without than... Without overexerting them. Yeah, yeah, because there's definitely times where just before you get your period or during your period is a time where you really shouldn't be pushed. Mm. And I'd be interested much. if this there was a difference like with insulin resistance and in terms of training and yeah. what you guys see. Yeah, well, we, we feel that you need to still be mindful um, in terms of different menstrual irregularities and concerns and individualized training is so important it's just like an individual cycle so i guess with pcos you know it it is something where high intensity training is going to be more recommended regularly throughout the cycle whereas for someone with endometriosis i guess steph you know what you how you train and support someone with their monthly cycle when they are suffering from endo is going to look very different yeah definitely more opening movements 
definitely very low impact and just getting them on like the big fit ball and just stretching out and moving their body, keeping that blood flow. Yeah. Yeah. And would you agree that movement is so important throughout the entire cycle? Yeah. Yeah. Through the whole cycle movement. Movement is good. Yeah. 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 And I guess it's so important that I think some, there is a pattern there where, yes, from a Chinese medicine perspective, we talk about yin and how important the yin winter phase is of the cycle, but that doesn't mean completely stopping exercise as well. Mm, yeah. To have a consistent improvement with exercise, which I'd love to know your thoughts here about PB, because usually when I'm talking to patients, I'll say, look, let's focus on your monthly routine of exercise so that you're looking for those PB outcomes around yeah. ovulation or mm. when patients come in and they're like, oh, I'm getting measured this week by my PT and my period's due. And I'm like, well, it's not really accurate to be yeah. testing around that time because no, yeah. if you were to regularly test just before ovulation or to, if they, I don't really like the whole weigh-in thing, but if they were going to do a weigh-in, that wouldn't that be more accurate to do that consistently monthly? Yeah, the same time as your cycle. We're not, yeah. we're not like a male. We don't, we don't work between a 24-hour. It's a monthly clock. So you yeah. yeah, definitely need to consider that. You wouldn't want to be weighing someone in just before their period. Yeah. Um, mentally as well for it's females awful. to be weighed yes. in then. Like, no. I know I wouldn't like that. No. Please don't. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, with progesterone rising in that lateral phase, you know, the fluid retention and bloating, mm. how disheartening if you are putting on two and a half kilos of fluid and you think that that's what you've done in, you know, mm. in that second half of the cycle rather than what it is, your hormones. And I guess that's where being kind to yourself and having that acknowledgement of slowing down that your period and the winter is coming is so important. Yeah. 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 And I think, do you ever see women with amenorrhea, Steph, and changing training around women who don't have a menstrual cycle? Um, yeah, definitely. So that's where I usually refer a lot of hormone imbalances to you girls to try and get that bleed occurring um, yeah. and then try and program around that. Um, also, definitely like backing off on the high intensity sessions, but still moving without, without, getting that confused it's still important to move your body do pilates and that sort of training um still long walks but restorative yoga restorative yoga yeah Yeah. for sure but knowing that um there there is a time of your cycle where you do need to back off from high intensity training or it could lead to things like amenorrhea and also not eating the right fuels around your training as well Mm -hmm. is really important yeah i'd love to pick your brain about eating around training Mm. so it's very it's very common now that all the trending diets out on the market Um, and I think it's really important for us to note the fact that majority of the research on these diets has been done on overweight males or postmenopausal women there's very little research done on women in their reproductive years in fact, the little research that they have done has proven these diets to be unsuccessful. And not really that safe either. No. They're actually quite detrimental to the female menstruating body. Yeah, especially in that luteal phase where our progesterone's mm-hmm. high, we really need to be fueling our muscles after a like, strength session, for example. Mm. And if you're not eating till 12.30 that day and you've trained that morning, that's, that's not optimal women's health. We no, want to be, right. we want to be fueling our body after that session to prevent injury. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I guess with timing, 
is so important than with eating and weight training or whatever training you are doing that if you are doing a soft fast so say for example a research does show that you know a soft fast of 16 hours yeah 16 hours and you know an eight hour window of eating is Mm. quite beneficial for a female but at the same time making sure that you are exercising in that time right so rather than if you're exercising in the morning and yeah just really personalizing it it's not Mm. gonna that that waking up and not eating till 12 isn't going to fit everyone, especially if that's your time that you yeah. fit, can fit in a session. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I guess that's something that people need to consider more, isn't it? That if you're going to be doing that type of training, that it needs to be a time where you're also supporting your muscles too. Yeah, and I think with all the new fad diets and things, if they're if you're really interested in giving them a go, I would recommend maybe just doing them in the follicular phase. Mm. Not yeah. not actually um, following them through the luteal phase. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. just to do with like your progesterone being high and yeah. you really, really, like it's, it's harder to make and maintain muscle when progesterone's high. Yeah. yeah. So you need to eat more. You need to eat more. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and your body's to... telling you that. Yeah, listening to the body. <laughs> yeah. all, we all know that too well. <laughs> Life keeps coming back to that, right? Yeah. Listen to your body. Yeah, 100%. That's the, that's the message. Listen yeah. to the nature of your body. So yes. we'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll tell you. And you know how we talk about the period state just before your period. So yes. if someone really wanted to try a vegan diet, I guess try it in the follicular phase if mm. you really wanted to and making sure you're getting enough. Try diet. all your new things in your follicular phase. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> way of looking at it. Just coming back to you need to nourish and nurture your body and yourself mm. as a whole in that second half of the mm. cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess with um with that follicular phase, how we're talking about with um patients who are menstruating and then just touching back on amenorrhea as mm. well, because it, it is something that come you know, it's so common now and it's yeah. such a worry with osteopenia and the risk of ongoing amenorrhea and fertility. And and diet and exercise would have a lot to do with the changes in that and how the new fads are, the high intensity and all of that. And And the restrictive eating. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a really big concern that comes into the clinic and a message that we'd really like to get across. Yes. Is how much of a change you can make to your body with the right type of training but also how detrimental that restrictive eating with intermittent intermittent fasting can be with your training. Yeah, and cutting yeah. out whole food groups and yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to begin to affect the female reproductive hormones. Yeah, exactly. And the ebbs and flows of the rhythm of your cycle. Definitely, yeah. and and hit training isn't for everyone. And sometimes for your period to return, you really do need to slow down to those slow strength type of training light weights or swimming you know more resistant trains with your pilates but also slow type of exercises with swimming yoga and mm. yeah is so that you nourishing exercises yeah, exactly. <laughs> like along the tail phase i guess until you get your period right? yeah 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 it's really interesting so what does it look like for a monthly routine for a female of optimal training there steph um well as we were mentioning that there's a wide range of um like irregular period and hormone issues that can come into a play and come into play with this so it's really important to focus on the individual client as you were saying like my amenorrhea clients and um just making sure that you're personalizing your program Mm -hmm. and the best way to like I can't emphasize it enough how important tracking your cycle is 
it's going to give you that data you need to program for yourself. And it's an easy habit to get into, right? Yeah, and it's going to educate you on yourself. Yeah. So you can use that data to then um, know when that's the right time to mm. hit your intensity, to, to hit your PBs and all of that. But you need that data first. So when I first um, see a client, I'll ask them to start tracking their cycle. So then I can have that data to program for them yeah it's great that's so good yeah so i guess i work off day roughly day one to five is menstrual phase so the bleed and this is where we um for some it's a bit more intense they might want to just those first two days just focus on opening up and um stretching out the body but later in your period it's actually funny there's research done that you're actually stronger during your period it's so interesting yeah, yeah so like we're ironically most like a male in our period so this mm. is a good time to focus on your strength training especially coming up later into that follicular phase say roughly day 7 to 14 this is where you can really start to hit those pbs mm. we were talking about and add that extra session in the gym and this is a green light for high intensity so if you are someone like you've done my sessions Liz you know we love a bit of high intensity every yes. now and then love it. Absolutely love it. and it is so addictive yeah it is it's a good feeling so after good. it good. yeah just, it is it's amazing how you can feel yeah so this is your green light in your follicular phase yeah. so use that yeah definitely also it, oh sorry Liz you go oh, it's interesting <laughs> how you said training like a male because I guess your hormones are really a baseline yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. never a way of But you would about. never think of that because it's it's your bleed. This is where you think you're at your yeah. most feminine, but it's a quite a masculine energy, really. Yeah. yeah. And with yeah. that masculine energy, so are you saying when you say slow strength, does that mean heavier weights, less reps, less sets? Or what does that look like? Um, so in your follicular phase you can you can like you can in, um integrate like your hit training in with your strength training, but mm-hmm. if you're wanting if it really depends what style of training you are. If you're yeah. someone who's a, um, trying to hit PBs, that is your time to do it. So that would be that when it's your um, less reps, higher weight, heavier weight yeah, okay. style of training. Yeah, great. So I guess even in that lateral phase, which I guess we'll come to anyway, but that, that's where that focus of strength, that slow strength comes into the bleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So autumn into winter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and right. it's also okay. a good time, like, leading up to ovulation to go out and be more social. It's a time where you're feeling, if you're someone who likes to party, it, you could almost scale your party into when's the best time to do that yeah, and yeah. then when you're going to not recover quite as well. If you track your cycle and have a lot of events on in your luteal phase, you'll, know, you'll notice your recovery the next day Slower. is yeah. just m- much worse. So if yeah. you can... I know you can't change a date of your best friend's wedding, but mm. if you can, if you can, <laughs> can you please change it to an But if you can scale, you know those. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can sort of um, plan your events around that. And, and even if you know, if you don't have control over when your best friend, <laughs> well, let her know you're in your flick of the so that go ahead with that. Um, knowing your boundaries. Yeah. So knowing that you know, if you're in that luteal phase, really making sure that say. So if you are celebrating that you are getting enough sleep and yeah. making sure that standard drinks for alcohol is limited as yeah. well because that knowing your cycle then you will be able to consistently exercise mm. and be back at the gym if that's what you want to do or exercise in some form the next day yeah 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 as we move into talking about our luteal phase mm. a question i'd like to ask is what does alcohol in this stage what does it do like to our um hormones 
So the inflammation from alcohol is going to aggravate the body mm. as it does throughout the entire month. But depending if someone already has a mental health correlation with, say, a, a feeling down the day after mm. drinking alcohol, you may find that that is aggravated in the tegel yeah. phase, especially if the progesterone is lower. So if you already find, a, you know, we sometimes call it the storm, so that premenstrual tension is coming up and then add a hangover to that, yeah. it can be absolute chaos. Yeah. If you're not mindful that you're also premenstrual. Yeah. And I think at any phase of the menstrual cycle, we want to ensure that we're not putting too much stress on the liver in the yeah. form of detoxification. Yeah. So not exceeding four drinks in a night out to support women's reproductive health and mm. regulation of hormones, also quality of life in terms of sleep, energy, and like mental Liz health. said, mental health as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's that. There's great books like Sober Curious and The Alcohol Experiment, which yeah. they change your lives in a way that you can look at alcohol from a place of it can still be part of your life. It's just making sure you're not excessively drinking and binge drinking because you do, even if, we, if we're talking today about, you know, exercise, how much that affects the next week mm. and progress, yeah. you know? That's why I was, I was interested. Or, yeah. yeah, that's why I was interested in what – um, your thoughts was in terms of alcohol because I noticed it in the luteal phase if if you then um, start to go back into your training week mm. you notice a massive difference between the cycle changes and Definitely. the times you have a lot of events on and a lot of socializing activity and then to implement your training the next week you're just feeling a lot more fatigued and um, you really notice that in yeah. your performance as well Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I guess yes Talking back into the luteal phase in terms of exercise, this is a great time to start um, doing your Pilates-based training, not too high intensity, focusing on moving the body with rhythm, connection to breath. Um, your yin yoga, as you girls mentioned, um, slowing down a little bit and not feeling guilty doing that in this phase. Um, that it's uh, actually a strength, right? Yeah. By doing yeah. that, you are helping your body to yeah. be optimal rather than thinking that you're being lazy. And you're going to recover for the next week when you are when you are in your peak to train harder. Yeah. yeah. yeah so definitely. using that as recovery. Yeah. 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 Just shifting right. the way that we've been raised to think mm. you need to smash it out every week. Progression, so progression, progression. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what we were taught. Whereas yeah. if you can, you can see it like that monthly routine that, okay, next ovulation that's the next time that I'm going to mark myself to see with my hip training or yeah. with your strength training just in, during your period. Yeah. That's where, okay, that's where I'm going to go for my slow strength PB again. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, like, in fact, we are metabolically different from phase to phase. Yeah. And we require different needs. So it's really Definitely. important to, like, respect that. And um, so if you were someone, like we were mentioned before, um, in terms of eating, if you were someone who really wanted to try those new fad diets and the intermittent fasting, just really focus on when where your like health is at before you go into trying mm. new things and yeah. yeah yeah and also if you can run it by a naturopath, a functional dietitian, yeah, yeah. nutritionist, yeah. yeah, because it may not be the best for you, especially with ketogenic diet at the moment yeah like, it's just fads very fatty and it is look it works beautifully well for some patients and for males and for males right unreal but for fe females who we're starting to talk about if there's that hormone imbalance it can be a lot more detrimental than what it can be beneficial yeah 100%. and we have yeah. to bear in mind there is so much misinformation out there yes. yeah you've got to be careful where you're getting your source where of information, information because yeah. it's coming off instagram make sure it's from a credible source yeah yeah, yeah. 
So we've spoken a lot about the menstrual cycle and the phases of the menstrual cycle in terms of training, but Steph, how important is exercise for preconception care and how does this differ in the second half of a woman's cycle when they're trying to conceive? Yeah, well, it's it's no hidden secret that being healthy plays a big part in bursting fertility. So it's it's important to work out regularly, move your body regularly. Um, but in terms of that later, um, that second half, sorry, of the cycle, you want your workouts to leave you feeling energised, not fatigued. That's a really good sign to know where you're at with that. Great. So it's still safe to exercise when a woman is, when a woman falls pregnant and she's, say, within the first 12 weeks of pregnancy, it's still safe to exercise. Definitely still yeah. safe to exercise. Um, it, I always recommend... Um, if you are a bodybuilder and such, maybe that's not your time to be hitting your heavier sessions. Um, yeah. Definitely still moving your body and training throughout that time. Makes yeah. you feel better. Yeah, it makes you feel better. Right. Exercise yeah. does that. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I have patients that come in and they're like, oh, I have to stop all my exercise. No, and I yeah. say to them, no, please continue. It's good for your body and good for your mental and emotional well-being as well. Mm-hmm. So that's good to know. And yeah. you just support yourself Stick of the approval pregnancy as well. Yeah. 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 Tick of approval. <laughs> Keep moving your body. Yeah, <laughs> and so, Steph, if you could educate women with one sentence in regards to their training, what would be the message you would like to get across? Um, well, definitely women must work with their physiology. Very yeah. important. Don't work against it. Um, your body is sending you messages and telling you what it needs each and every day. Just surrender to that natural flow. Work with it, support it, nourish it. I guess that's not one sentence, but sorry. <laughs> Keep going with it. <laughs> that's great. Thank yeah, you. We're so lucky to have this sacred cycle. So I think if we can learn and we can educate women, but also so women can educate their daughters as well. So mm. when they do have their first bleed, they can already understand what these seasons are and and start to support themselves through their teenage years with exercise and yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much, Steph, for oh, coming thank on. Thank you for having thanks, me. Steph. It's been really fun. It's been great. Thank I've you. Learned a lot. Yeah, it's it's great. great. Thanks, thank girls. You. Thanks for having me.